Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back to the Start Church podcast, Beyond the Call, the podcast that is empowering and equipping pastors and ministry leaders to protect what God has given them to leave. My name is Zach, and I'll be your host today. We're so glad you chose to join us. You know, oftentimes when a pastor is, uh, is, is about to begin receiving salary from a church, uh, we will get this question, how much can my church pay me? And I'm sure most of the pastors who are listening to this podcast have, have ran into this very scenario or, or are in this exact same situation now. It's normally this awkward conversation that you have to have with your church, especially if the church is the one that you started, and most of the board are people that are close to you, right? So what we see is that pastors are conflicted with being a good steward of the church's finances and the ability to adequately support their families. So how much should your church pay its pastors? Well, this is the question we hope to answer for you today, and to help us answer that question, we have Justin, our lead educator, Uh, joining us here in the studio today. Hey, what's up, Zach? It's good to be here. Well, it's good to have you, Justin. So, Justin, where where do we begin with answering that question? How much should your church pay its pastors? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Zach. And and typically, one might think that establishing pastoral compensation should be pretty straightforward and simple. Mm -hmm. Um, However, that's not totally true, but yet it's not totally untrue either. So in reality, because churches are considered nonprofit organizations, uh, there are nonprofit regulations and and laws that they have to abide by and they have to consider. So there are various considerations that pastors and and church boards need to take into account when going through that process of establishing pastoral compensation. Okay, so what what would the IRS deem as a reasonable, quote-unquote, reasonable compensation? Yeah, well, that's another good question. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the IRS doesn't give a clear, definitive answer or definition of what is considered reasonable compensation, even though that is essentially what matters to the IRS. Um, there's no magic number. There's not a certain percentage that would be deemed, okay, as long as it doesn't go over this percentage of the organization's total income, then it's going to be considered reasonable. Um so it's really left up to the discretion of the organization or of the church. Now, there are certain things that uh, organizations or churches can do to ensure or to help ensure that the pastor's compensation is considered reasonable. Um, but it's, it, essentially, when it's not considered reasonable, there, are, there can be uh, consequences uh, such as fees and penalties that could amount up to 225% of wow, what would be considered lot. excess. That's a lot. So, so you mentioned that there are things that pa- that churches can do uh, to ensure reasonable compensation. Uh, so, what what are those things? Sure. Well, essentially, uh, there are, are are four easy steps that churches can can take mm-hmm. when considering um, establishing a reasonable compensation. Uh, that first step is is pretty simple. It's going to be just to know what is considered compensation. Um, while that may seem trivial, it is extremely important um, because there is so much, so many varying opinions, especially within the church world and amongst pastors, as to what truly is considered compensation and what mm-hmm. isn't considered compensation. So to help answer that question, 
uh, we can look to the tax code, and, and we, when we look to the tax code, we can see that Section 61A will define gross income as uh, all income from whatever source derived. What does that mean? So, right. that, yeah. That seems, you know, sort of vague, but can you elaborate it's on It's vague that? and it's very broad. So, yeah. essentially, uh, a lot of ministers will say, will define income as, you know, straight up salary. Okay, we know that that's income. But then a lot of in- ministers will receive an honorarium mm-hmm. or a stipend. Is that considered compensation? Yes. Or how about a housing allowance? That's also considered compensation. Or there are instances when... Perhaps after the the, 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 the pastor has given a, a sermon, uh, someone will come and, and, and give the pastor that, that $20 handshake, so to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and oftentimes that's perceived as, well, that's a, it's a gift. However, what you have to consider is that that gift, that $20 handshake, is giving in, <clears throat> in response to the service rendered from the sure. pastor. Okay, so what you're saying is if, if I'm a pastor and I'm standing at the back of the church as people are leaving and I'm... I'm shaking their hands. If, if somebody says that that sermon was incredible, it spoke to me so much, and you know, I, I just want to bless you, Pastor. Here's a hundred dollars. So you're saying that that is considered a taxable compensation? Exactly. So wh- where the where the mix-up often comes from that is uh, one will say, "Well, that was a gift that was given to me. You mm-hmm. know, we didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. They just felt led and, and compelled to give it to me." Well, what you have to consider is that was given to the pastor in response to the service that he or she rendered. Mm-hmm. Um, if that individual wasn't the pastor and didn't give that sermon, most likely the individual who gave them that that $20 gift or that $100 gift after service wouldn't have given it to him in the first place. So it's you have to consider when it's for a service that has been rendered, that's what's going to be compensation. Okay. So what about in the case of, say, I, I'm, I'm a pastor and... and my car is broken down. I have a bunch of kids that I have. We've got a haul around. We got three or four kids, um, and somebody in the the church sees it. Hey, hey, I feel uh, I want to bless the pastor with with a van. I want to I want to give this this pastor a van. Now does that does that become uh, does that fall as compensation for the pastor, or does that fall under something else? Yeah, well, that's also going to be considered compensation. Now, when it comes to uh, a vehicle. There are other. There are going to be other factors that will need to cons- that will need to be considered. Um, but in that instance, when you know someone gives the, the the pastor a van or some sort of a vehicle, or the, whether it's from a member or from the church, uh, in in most instances, uh, it's going to be considered compensation. Now, like I said, there are various instances when it wouldn't, and there are you know very you know facts and circumstances that would need to be considered. Um, however, yes, receiving a vehicle is going to be considered compensation. Okay, so so now that we've kind of defined what compensation is, what would be the next step that, that churches and ministries would ha- or pastors would have to consider? Sure, so the next step is going to be really just to consider the overall health and the goals of your church. Okay. Um, you know, asking yourself, you know, the pastor and the board sitting down and asking, you know, some of the following questions, you know, what are the goals for our church? What are we hoping to accomplish this year, or maybe in the next two or three years? Um, what are our goals? Uh, what does the church's budget look like? Um, how healthy is the church's budget? That's obviously mm-hmm. going to play a role sure. into how much the church can afford. Um, 
And then just asking, you know, looking at what is the cost of living in and around the community um, are also going to be questions that need to be asked and answered. Okay, so we, what, what you're saying is what's most important is, is to look at whatever the pastor's salary is going to be. It doesn't put a strain on the church. So if the church is struggling to pay its bills, it's struggling to pay its rent, then that pastor's salary should be adjusted or that, that stuff should be ultimately considered when you're, you're setting up this compensation agreement. Is that correct? Yeah, so if the church is struggling to meet some of its bills, whether it's rent or if it's struggling to um, you know, operate certain ministries because of the compensation that it's tr- you know, paying the pastor, then yes, it's going to need to take a re- realistic look at what they're paying the pastor and say, hey, we, we may have to, to drop the pastor's compensation rate for now just so we can continue to, to meet in this building and so we can continue to hold you know, the various types of ministries that we want to perform. And then adjust it later. And then adjust it later okay. as the church continues to grow. I got you. So it doesn't put that strain, but then you know, it, they obviously are considering that mm-hmm. as, as church grows. Right. If this is something you've been thinking about or, or are still unsure of where to begin, I, I want to encourage you to give us a call here at Start Church. We've, we've guided thousands and thousands of pastors and churches on how to formulate their compensation agreement, uh, and we would love to help you out with that. So give us a call, 844-641-5718, or you can email us at podcast at startchurch.com. We'd be honored to help you out. So Justin, you've, you've helped us consider what uh, what you have helped us define what compensation is, and you've also helped us to look to see, all right, what are the overall health and goals of our, our church's uh, finances to, to establish and sign um, to give this pastor whatever salary we feel is reasonable? So what's the next step after that? Yeah, so the next thing that churches and pastors can do to help ensure that the compensation the pastor is receiving is considered reasonable is to research comparable pastoral salaries. Okay, so like go to glassstore.com or, or Indeed or, or payscale.com or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that's part of the process, okay. you know, is looking at the salary ranges of other pastors. Mm. Um, and essentially this all stems from Treasury Regulation 53.4958, which essentially talks about the necessity of churches and nonprofits having appropriate salary comparability data. So, so they're not just so they can compare it to to you know make sure it's fair. Right. So in order to help churches to ensure that the compensation package for the pastor is reasonable, there's a couple of factors that they consider um, to obtain that salary comparability data. One's going to be the organization's income, the church's income. How much money are they bringing in? So they can look at okay, this is how much money did we bring in last year in 2017? How much money are we projecting to bring in? You know, through tithes and offerings and through donations. You know, in 2018, um, you know, how much are we projecting based on our growth? So you sort of already. It connects with step two that we just talked about, right? Right. So, so you analyze, you look mm-hmm. at that and say, okay, hey, um, we can do, you know, based on our income, we can afford this particular amount or maybe this percentage. Um, another thing to consider is going to be geographic location. Uh, where are you living? You know, that's going to play a, a, a huge role in how much. Uh, is considered reasonable. Right, because if you live in California, it's obviously going to be cost of living higher there than it is, say, here in Georgia. Absolutely. Cost of living. So you want to mm-hmm. consider that. You also want to consider the organization size or the church's size. A, a church of 250 members uh, isn't going to bring in quite as much money 
you know, through donations and tithes and offerings as a church of 2,500 people. So that's going to influence and that's going to impact mm-hmm. what would be considered reasonable and what the church could actually afford to pay the pastor. That makes sense. Uh, another, another factor to consider is you want to look at a functionally equivalent position. Uh, essentially, you want to look at, um, a, you know, what are other churches who are similar in size and in a similar geographic location, what are they paying their pastors? What is that salary range? Um, you know, now... No, you're not going to be able to call up the church next door and say, hey, how much are you paying their pastor? Your pastor, they're most likely not going to disclose that information Mm -hmm. to you. However, you can find out a general range of Mm -hmm. what, you know, for instance, what pastors in the metro Atlanta area who have a 500-member church, what is that general Mm -hmm. uh, salary range that they're receiving? Gotcha. And then lastly, you also are going to want to consider uh, individual qualifications. Mm-hmm. So you want to look at how much experience does the pastor have? How much education? You know, does the pastor have a PhD or does the pastor have, do you go to seminary and get a master's of divinity? Mm-hmm. That's all going to play a role in, in, in what would be considered reasonable compensation. Sure. Just like any other job, you want to consider what their experience is and what their, their education is. Right. That, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So, Justin, we've uh, defined what compensation is. Mm-hmm. We've also looked at what the health of our ch- and goals of our church is, uh, what, what we want to achieve in the future. And we've also kind of started to look at, all right, what are other churches in our area and and uh, the, the church sizes in, in our area? What are they paying their pastors? So mm-hmm. it sounds like we're pretty close to being able to kind of formulate that compensation agreement. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is going to be that fourth step, is is creating a pastoral compensation agreement. And oftentimes this is... This is a part of the process that is that is overlooked hmm. uh, by churches and, and, and boards, and it's not simply because they don't want to create a compensation agreement um, or, or a compensation package for the pastor, but simply this is overlooked because oftentimes they're not sure where to begin or what to include or how to create this agreement. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of things should they include inside that uh, agreement? Yeah, so uh, a, a couple of examples of what you'd want to include would be one, a job description. Mm-hmm. You know, that okay. details yeah. the responsibilities and expectations of the pastor. Uh, you'll want to include, you know, is the pastor going to be receiving any insurance? Is the church offering medical or dental, vision, maybe life insurance? You want to include because that's a benefit. Um, you'll also want to include, you know, time off. How much vacation time does the pastor get? How many mm-hmm. sick days? And perhaps even what holidays will be observed at the church. That'll be, you know, that'll be, that he'll get paid for. Um, even different types of other benefits such as taxable or uh, non-taxable fringe benefits. Um, okay. Those are going to need to be included in that compensation package. Okay, so, and, and like you said before, if, if these are not approved by the board uh, before the pastor sees that, then, I mean, it's, it, you said at the beginning of the podcast that they could suffer... Uh, like penalties, right? right. To up to two hundred twenty-five percent penalties. So, is that what you said? Yeah, absolutely. So you could you could do those first three steps, mm-hmm. and you can have a you can you can come out with a reasonable compensation. However, if you if you miss the fourth step, if you don't create that salary compensation agreement, uh, what happens is you don't have it documented. And for churches and for nonprofit organizations, it's imperative that all compensation be documented and approved by the board mm. of directors prior to the pastor receiving that compensation. Otherwise, what the IRS will consider that is as excess as an excess benefit transaction, which will then be subject to those penalties I was speaking of earlier that can gotcha. amount to up up to two hundred twenty five percent. We don't want that. 
Well, thank you, Justin, for your time. And, and I think you've educated our, our listeners on, on what they should consider when putting together their compensation agreement. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, not a problem, Zach. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, if this is something you've been thinking about and, and are still unsure of, of where to begin, give us a call here at Start Church. We have guided thousands of pastors and churches on this very thing, on, on how to formulate their compensation agreement. And we would love to help you out as well. We would be honored to do that. So give us a call at 844 844- 641-5718 or email us at podcast at startchurch.com. And thanks again for listening to uh, another episode of Start Church Podcast Beyond the Call. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you have heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.